May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. Glad that you're here today. And I also want to welcome our North Campus joining us by video feed. Glad you guys are with us as well. And today we're continuing our message series called Solving Money Problems. And this morning we're talking about debt. Now, last week uh, in the service we did a little survey. I asked everybody to take an index card and fill out the, uh, and put on it the amount of debt that they had, you know, with not including their mortgage. And we tallied up those results, and I want to share with you, with you today, because I'll be honest with you, the result that we got was not what I expected. It was surprising. Um, we had 652 families respond to the survey. Now, assuming that um, there's, you know, an average of four people per family, that's over 2,500 people responding to the survey. So, you know, we got really, really high response. Um, of those uh, two, 652 families, 118 families have zero debt. 118 families, zero debt. And the few of you that just applauded, I know you're part of the 118, so that's great. The rest of us are in mourning, that's awesome. So uh, 118 families, zero debt. Honestly, that's a higher number than I expected. Basically, 18% of the people that attend Parkway Fellowship, one out of every five families have zero debt. Man, that is incredible. That is awesome. That is really amazing. Now, the flip side to that is that of those that have debt, the total indebtedness of the of people that go to Parkway Fellowship, of, just of those that have debt, is $20.5 million. $20.5 million. Now, one person that responded, actually responded and wrote down multi-millions of dollars worth of debt. We didn't include that number because it just so skewed the survey. So my hope is that all of that was business debt, not personal debt. But, um, but of the families that responded, with the exception of that one, $20.5 million of debt. That means that of the families that have debt, the average indebtedness per family is $38,400 per family. Per family. Which is way over the national average of $15,000. So you know what that means, don't you? Yeah, we're a church of overachievers, okay? <laughs> That's what that means. Now, here is why all of this matters. Here's why all this is a big deal. Because debt prevents us from doing what God wants us to do. Debt prevents us from doing what God wants us to do. Think about it. You know, if, you, if someone just wanted to give $200 to someone in need, might not be able to do it. Someone, you know, might feel inspired to sponsor a missionary or pay the mortgage for a widow that's having trouble making ends meet. Or, you know, maybe buy a single mom's kid's backpacks for the coming school year. But if money is committed to just paying off debt, then we can't do that kind of stuff. Okay, and I know you're like, well, I would, you know, if God told me to do something, I would just do it anyway. Well, think about this. E even, let's just say, for instance, you made a million dollars a year. If someone makes a million dollars a year, even if they only had 
$200 of you know, payments towards a credit card, that's still $200 that God cannot use. And that $200 could just be given to a single mom. And I'm telling you, if a single mom all of a sudden just got $200 a month, every month, but that, that could potentially be a game changer. Could make a huge difference in her life and the lives of their kids. But that can't happen because that money is already committed. It's already committed. So why not just free up that money that God could do something amazing with? I mean, why not just do that? I, what if we had to miss out on chances of doing something great that God was inspiring us to do? Like take a mission trip overseas or give away our car when we're ready to trade it in. Instead of trading it, just give it away and take the tax write-off. Or change careers and go into the ministry because we don't need the money anymore. Or maybe buy 50 pairs of shoes for an entire orphanage overseas of kids who've never had anything new in their entire lives. You think about it. We could do those types of things. But unfortunately, many of us can't because debt prevents us from doing what God wants us to do. But no debt would free us to doing what God wants to do, okay? Think about what we could do as an entire church. If all of a sudden, as an entire church, we had $20.5 million freed up to do whatever it is that God might ask us to do, think about what we could do for an organization like Love 146. Love 146 is an organization that Parkway Fellowship partners with, and Love 146 specializes in um, preventing little girls and little boys from entering the sex trafficking trade, being kidnapped and being entered in the trade. Um, and it helps re um, with recovery for those that have been rescued out of that trade. If we had 20 and a half million dollars, we could increase their effectiveness eight times over in just one year. Think about how many more little kids would never get trafficked in the first place. How many more could be rescued? And of those that rescued, how many of them could quickly get back on the road of recovery by getting the counseling that they need? Get this. For $2.3 million, we can build a church facility that seats 700 people in an auditorium with corresponding youth and kids space. With that, using multiple services, we could effectively minister to over 1,500 people with just that facility. If we had $20.5 million, we could build nine more Parkway Fellowship-type churches and minister to over 14,000 people for Jesus Christ. But we can't, because all that money is already committed. So, why would we want to remain like that? Because, see, here's the central truth for today. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Here's your first feelings. The central truth for today is this, is that God prevents, I mean, debt prevents me from doing what God wants me to do. No debt frees me to do what God wants me to do. Debt prevents me from doing what God wants me to do. No debt frees me to do what God wants me to do. 
Now, the good news for today is that the Lord gives us a ton of direction on how to get out of debt, much of which is spoken through the words of King Solomon, the wisest man who's ever lived, which we talked about last week. So the question then becomes, what does God want me to do to begin dealing with debt? Well, here's the first thing God wants me to do, and that's this. Number one, I need to declare war on debt. I need to declare war on debt. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. It says this, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, I want you to circle that word servant, okay? Because that's key. And somewhere either above or below that word, write the word slave. Because that word servant actually means slave. You know, it's not like, you know, a waiter that serves hors d'oeuvres to his guests or to the people that he's waiting on. No, no, no. Solomon's talking about slavery here, like literal slavery. That's what he's referencing. You know, in the Bible, or during Bible times, a person could become a slave for one of three reasons. Either that person's country was invaded, they were conquered by a foreign power, and they were taken back to the foreign country as a slave. Or if when you were born, if either your mom or a dad or dad was a slave, then you were automatically a slave. The third way to become a slave was that if you could not pay your debt, then you became the slave of the lender. Now here's the interesting thing. If you were a slave because of this third you know, method, then you actually had the ability to buy back your freedom. You could buy it back. Now, a slave actually did make a wage, but it was just barely enough to afford food. Okay? Have you ever heard the term, you know, slave wages? Okay? That comes from this practice that was going on in Bible times. Okay? They were making slave wages. So, Although, you know, they didn't make much money, they did have the ability to buy back their freedom if they saved up enough. So let me ask you this. If you were a slave, okay, like literal slave, you know, chains, you know, beatings if you didn't do hard work, everything, literal slave. If you had the ability to buy your freedom, wouldn't you do it? I mean, if you had the ability, even if it took you years to scrape together every little shekel or penny that you had, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't it be worth it to buy your freedom? Well, of course it would. And so then the question for us becomes, why are you not buying your freedom now? Why not just pay off your debt, and buy your freedom now. Why not join the other 18% of the people that are totally debt-free and get out of the slavery of debt as fast as you can? I'll tell you why. The reason is, is because people don't view debt as any big deal. People just view debt as just another bill to pay, as they just pay the minimums, and it's no, no biggie, no big deal. That's why. But God says it is a big deal. Because Debt prevents us from doing the things that he would want us to do. And God says that debt is like slavery. 
because you are a slave to those you owe. You know, and it might not feel like slavery because you know, you've got enough money to make the minimum payments and still do a lot of things you like to do, but at some level, you're still a slave because if God asked you to do something great, then you might find yourself in a position where you would have to say no because your income is already committed to paying off debt. And God might not be asking you to do something great because you are financially enslaved and can't afford to do something great. So you've got to view debt as God does. You've got to view debt as slavery. And the only way to get out of slavery is to go to war for your own freedom. I mean, and that's what it's going to take to get out of debt. When you declare war, that means that you've got to fight to get out of debt, to pay down your debt as fast as you can. So let me give you a few ideas. What can I do to reduce debt immediately? Here's a few thoughts. Here's the first. Trade in your car for one that you can pay cash for. Get out of that $600 a month car payment, for heaven's sake, and drive something that you can pay cash for. You don't have to, you're not in debt on at all. Second, downsize your home. If it's got you strapped financially, then just downsize your home. I promise you, you can make it work and your kids will be fine. Next, sell some stuff. Just sell some stuff. Look, you do not need six flat screen TVs, okay? You can only watch one at a time. Get rid of some of that stuff and use that money to pay off some debt, okay? Next, squeeze the budget. Squeeze everything you can out of that budget so you can start paying more on your debt. Or at least, you know, for some of you, you just need to have a budget so you know where money is even going. Have it. Have a budget. Next, join a financial peace small group this fall, okay? The uh, small group catalog comes out next week. If you need to join a financial peace small group, I'm telling you, it would help you so, so, so very much. But look, if you're in debt, and that's four out of five families listening here today. So if you are in debt, then you got to understand you have volunteered for slavery. You volunteered for it, but you can get out. But to do that, you've got to do the only thing that has ever ended slavery in any nation, and that is you've got to go to war. You've got to declare war on your debt and don't surrender. That's what you have to do. But you can't stop there. You gotta do number two. Number two is this. Save $1,000 in cash in the bank right away. Minimum. $1,000 in cash in the bank right away. I'm not actually gonna go in depth on this this week. Um, Solomon is actually gonna teach us a lot about savings in the final week of this series. But let me just say this. You gotta save $1,000 in cash in the bank right away because look, if the dishwasher breaks down, you get a flat tire, some other emergency happens, then you've got enough cash to cover it and you don't have to go into any more debt, okay? Now, this is for emergencies only, okay? School clothes are not an emergency. Fixing the crack screen on your iPhone is not an emergency. Emergencies only. You need to get at least $1,000 in cash in the bank right now. All right, number three is this. Don't add debt to debt. Don't add debt to debt. Look what Solomon says to his son. He writes this to his son about debt. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, it says, My son, 
If you've put up security for your neighbor, he basically means if you've co-signed a loan, if you've struck hands and pledged for another, that means if you've made an agreement to cover things for somebody else, if you've been trapped by what you said, remember, he's referring to debt here, so in our times it would look like that if you bought something on MasterCard, you have an agreement with them that you are going to pay it off. And so Solomon says, if you've been trapped by that, ensnared by the words of your mouth, because you know, he's talking about perhaps there's, you have an oral agreement, and for us maybe it's an oral agreement with your parents or your grandparents to pay back some money they borrowed. By the bottom line, Solomon is saying, whatever kind of debt scenario you could possibly have found yourself in, he says, this is how you get yourself out, verse 3. Then do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you've fallen into your neighbor's hands, go and humble yourself. Press your plea with your neighbor. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyes. I mean, don't give up. Don't stop till it's paid off. Free yourself like a gazelle. Underline like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. Like a bird. Underline like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Okay? Those parts I had you underline. Do you know what a gazelle does when it senses any type of danger? I mean, any type of danger. You know what it does? Yeah, it runs, and it runs fast. Like, it doesn't, like, look around and see, are anybody else running here? No, like, it just takes off, and it does not stop. And that's what you have to do with debt, okay? When you see debt, you have to get away from it as fast as you can. It's exactly what a bird does. As soon as it says any danger, man, it flies away, and it just keeps going. So you know what God's saying? He's saying, Run away from debt as fast as you can. And if, since you've already declared war on debt, don't add more debt to debt. So when you go to your mailbox and there is yet another credit card application from Discover, okay, God did not send you that. <laughs> Discover sent you that. And you need to treat it as dangerous. You need to treat it as something that is a snare. And you need to just get away from it as fast as you possibly can. Don't even open it. Just tear it up and throw it away. Because, look, it's like you're being hunted, okay? But you can get away. Gazelle can get away. But if you just stand there and do nothing, you're going to get shot. That's what the Bible says. And so practically, you know what this means for us when it comes to debt? It means pay cash for everything you can. Pay cash for everything. And if you don't have cash, don't buy it. Use a debit card, not a credit card. Don't add debt to debt. Okay, number four, pray. I got to pray. Look what the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 2. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Have you asked God to help you get out of debt? Have you asked? You might need to start there. And here's the thing. If not much has happened... It might be because you're asking for the wrong motives, okay? Like, if you're asking God to get you out of debt so that you have enough money to go buy that new Hummer, probably not a prayer the Lord is going to answer, okay? You know, there was a time um, in our marriage that Amy and I, we had some debt, 
and uh, we just didn't seem to be making much headway on it. So you know what we did? For 40 days, every night when we lay down to go to bed, we held hands and we prayed and asked God to help us get out of debt. 40 days. Now, at the end of that 40 days, we worked hard. I mean, we didn't just like wait around for God to send us a check in the mail, okay? Like, we worked hard and we got busy. But I'm telling you, it was after we prayed, that was when we started seeing some serious headway being made towards eliminating that debt. So maybe that's what you need to do. Don't hesitate to invite God in to helping you deal with debt. And then whatever he tells you to do, do that. Follow his guidelines. Follow his principles. Because when you do what God tells you to do, I'm telling you, he blesses it. And you get out of debt fast. All right, number five. Here it is. Utilize the debt snowball. Utilize the debt snowball. Look at this verse in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Let no debt remain outstanding. Look, God's really clear here. You and I, we are commanded to pay off our debts. Because it says, let no debt remain outstanding. So you know what that means? That if you willingly carry debt, you sin. And since it's a sin, the reason it's a sin is because, remember, debt prevents me from doing the things that God wants me to do. And so God says, pay off your debt. And one of the best ways to pay off debt is to use what's called the debt snowball. Now, this is a formula that was pioneered by Dave Ramsey. I'm telling you, it absolutely works, okay? The debt snowball essentially says that when you, whenever you pay off a debt, you take that minimum payment and you add it to what you were already paying and then use that to pay off the next debt. And so it, it grows and grows and grows, okay? So, all right, here is the deal. How do you start the debt snowball? This is the fill-in, okay. List and pay off your debts in order from smallest to largest according to the amount owed, not the interest rate, okay? You pay them off according to the amount owed, not the interest rate, and you might go, oh, but Pastor Mike, I mean, doesn't it make better math sense to pay off the highest interest rates first? This isn't about math, okay? If this was about math, you wouldn't be in debt in the first place. This has nothing to do with math. This has everything to do with changing your life and changing your behaviors. So utilize the debt snowball, okay? Let's just say, for sake of argument, that you have the following debts, okay? I've listed them for you. Shell card, you owe $800. Discover card, you owe $26.58. Furniture, you owe $63.27. You owe your grandpa seven grand. Visa, you owe $10,267. And a car loan, you owe $11,348, which adds up to $34,800, which is the average indebtedness of the family at Parkway Fellowship, okay? That's it. That's where we're at. Okay? Now, let's just say that after squeezing the budget, after you squeeze the budget, you have an extra $500 that you can pay off toward, you can start adding towards that. So you know what the first thing you do is? You go and sell your car that you're, that you're paying over $600 a month on, and you're out of that debt immediately. Now, if 
for some reason you're upside down on your car, that means you owe more than what it's worth, then you need to go ahead and list it here, okay? So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna decide you're gonna tackle that shell bill first. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go have uh, a garage sale and you're gonna go ahead and sell five of those flat screen TVs. You're gonna keep one. And then you're gonna take that old baseball card collection that's been sitting under your bed for years. You've been hauling around from house to house. You're gonna go sell that to a dealer. All said and done, you accumulate $1,400 and you can strike through that shell debt because that one's paid off and you have a, a little extra to put on that Discover and now you take that 23, that 23 bucks, add it to the 500 and your snowball has now become 523 and you're gonna to go to work on that Discover card. You go to work on that Discover card, and you pay that bad boy off in four months and strike it off the list. Now you can add that $89 payment to what you were already paying, and now you're starting to roll. Now you have $612 to pay toward your next debt, which is the furniture debt, and you're going to tackle that next. In 10 months, you have that thing totally paid off, and you strike it from the list, and you take that $427, you add it to your debt snowball, and now your debt snowball looks like a debt boulder because you can really start making some headway. And now you're going to pay off that debt to Grandpa. Now, Grandpa has you know, lent you $7,000 to help you buy that car that you, know, you really wanted so bad. And he only asked that you pay him $100 a month, but you haven't paid him anything at all in over two years. And that has made family gatherings at holidays really awkward. <laughs> and so now you start writing him a check every month for $1,039. And so in seven months, you pay grandpa back. Instead of thinking you're a deadbeat, grandpa is pretty impressed with your financial abilities. And you're feeling pretty good too. So now you strike that off the list. And so you go to pay the visa. Armed with $11.39 a month, you're ready to take on Visa and the world. You pay that bad boy off in nine months, strike it from the list, and you're down to one debt, which is the car. You've got $1,270 to pay every month, and nine months later, you strike that off the list, and you're totally debt-free. And you feel great. It took you 39 months, just barely over three years to do it, but man, you're out. And you feel so good about things. And then the question is, well, do, I mean, Mike, seriously, does this really work? Absolutely it does. I personally know four families in our church, four. The first one had over $72,000 of just credit card debt. 72 grand. I talked to them this week. Next month, they'll be completely debt-free using these principles we've talked about today. Another family... $93,000 of debt. They are completely debt-free using these same principles. Another family, over a hundred grand, over a hundred grand, they've been debt-free for now just over a year. Another guy in our church, $900,000 of debt, not including his mortgage, $900,000 of debt. Using these principles, he's now completely debt-free. And he was not a millionaire. He was not making big dollars. I'm telling you, these things work. If you follow God's principles, they work. Because you need to understand that when I have debt, it prevents me from doing what God wants me to do. But when I'm debt-free, I'm free to do whatever God wants me to do. And those are the types of things 
that we're going to talk about next week. So find your connection card. Let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first one. Right now, I declare war on my debt and commit to get out. Would that be you? Would you declare war on your debt, commit to get out? Maybe you need to just lean over to your spouse and say, hey, you ready to go to war? Check that box. Commit now. You're getting out of debt. My hope is that four out of five families today check that box. Next, I will put at least $1,000 in the bank for emergencies. Don't go below that amount. Don't, don't, don't use it for anything else. Next, I commit to pray and ask God to help me get out of debt. Would you do it? Would you invite God into the process? I'm telling you, he'll bless it. Next, I will not add more debt to my current debt. Oh, for heaven's sake, please start there. Please do that. Don't add more to your current debt. Next, I will use the debt snowball to eliminate debt. It works. It absolutely works. Next, I will memorize Proverbs 22, 7. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. And if you actually want to memorize it using the word slave, you are on very solid biblical grounds. You should absolutely do that. Next, I will come back next week to hear what God can do through me when I am debt-free. My hope is that all of the debt-free families check that one. And even if you aren't debt-free, I hope you'll check it. So you can get a vision for what God could do through you when you are debt free. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. Or the last one, I will pray the prayer to become a genuine Christ follower today for the first time in my life. See, here's what most people don't understand. That you and I, everybody, have a sin debt that we owe to God. And Jesus Christ came to this earth to pay our sin debt for us. By dying on a cross, and his death on the cross paid that price for us. And we need to ask him to, for that forgiveness. And when he does, he pays our debt so that we can go to heaven when we die. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to pay your sin debt, to basically forgive you for everything you've ever done, and then promise to follow him from that day forward, that's what it means to become a Christ follower. If you've never done that, there's a sample prayer for how to do it at the bottom of your message notes. I want you to pray that prayer right now. But I want you to check the box because I want to mail you some stuff in the mail. I'm going to give everybody right now a chance to take a few moments to pray. So everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. If you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance. I want everybody to pray and ask God to help you follow through with these next steps that you've taken. Let's do that during these moments. Father, I want to say thank you that you've given us so many practical things to do, to deal with debt, to get out of debt, and that you want us to get out of debt, God, to free us, to live for you. So I pray for every family that's already debt-free, God, that you would, be, you would use them to do amazing things. And for those listening that are not debt-free yet, Father, I ask that you 
you would help them to follow your guidelines, to follow your directions, and become debt-free as fast as possible. And when we are free, God, we can serve you with abandon. And so I pray for freedom for every person listening today. And I pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.